Offense, play fast. Defense, swarm. Swarm and tackle. Attack. We get out block them. We get out tackle them. We get out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, and you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. It is RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Football Edition. This is week 12. I am AJ Hoffman. He is Scott Seidenberg. Hello, Scott. Yo, yo. And we are about to break down some of these games this weekend. And before we do that, let's get to the business of the college football playoff and where we're at with that, who's alive, who's could, not alive. Could it be easier for the committee? There's four 10-0 teams. They're one through four. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that is really easy. But the problem is... It's going to change. <laughs> it's going to change. Now, let's talk about the games this weekend that matter to the teams that are involved. And let's USC, UCLA is one. Uh, USC kind of was the – they came out unscathed of the flames that was mm-hmm. the Pac-12 last weekend. Uh, Oregon goes down. UCLA, UCLA goes down to Arizona. Yeah. Wolf. Terrible. Uh, but USC walks out of there, and here they are, a one-loss team with a big brand name. All they've got – if USC wins the rest of their games, mm-hmm. I believe USC goes to the playoff. Well, right now they're ranked seventh. So you're asking them to leapfrog a couple of teams. It would be easy to leapfrog the two SEC teams that are ahead of them in LSU and Tennessee as long as Georgia wins out and wins sure. the SEC championship game because then USC, as a one-loss Pac-12 champ, would leapfrog Tennessee. And would have an extra game that Tennessee yes, doesn't have. but they would leapfrog Tennessee, who doesn't play in their conference championship game, and they would obviously leapfrog a three-loss LSU team. So right then, you put them at the bare minimum number five, and guess what? Ohio State Two and Michigan three still play, play each other. So I think you're absolutely right. USC is in control of its own path. As long as they win out, they will be a one-loss Pac-12 champion, and they will be in the college football playoff. I guess – well, actually, I shouldn't say that. Because what if LSU does wind up beating Georgia in the SEC championship game? Then you're going to have a debate on your hands. Sure. But I'd, I'd say USC, if they win out, 90% I think that's probably that's a very fair number. Uh TCU is at Baylor this weekend. TCU played one of its best games of the season. Uh got a road win in impressive fashion, a, a win with their defense, mm-hmm. which yeah. that was the big question about TCU. So, uh beating beating Texas at Texas was a big deal for them. Uh this is the the first time I've really looked at TCU and said, "Okay, right, maybe so." Uh, if it, it, they've been very very lucky this season. Nothing really lucky about last weekend. I mean, it, there was some some acting by their punter, but <laughs> kudos to him. God bless him. Uh, Tennessee plays South Carolina. Not much well, to see just, here. Real quick on TCU. Win out and you're in. Win out, you're in. Lose yeah. a game, you're undefeated out. Undefeated Power 5 champ is in, no matter what. But if you're TCU, lose one game, you're out. Yeah, yeah. You might have a case, but probably not. And speaking of... We've got a play on the Texas-Kansas game from our guy, Uncle Dave Essler. Here it is. I bet Kansas plus nine over uh, Texas this week. I mean, this is total disrespect for Kansas. A team that took TCU to the wire in this stadium, 
and his only other home game since that week was a convincing win over Oklahoma State. I mean, Kansas is a six-win team going to a bowl and playing their last home game on totally borrowed time. That's a very dangerous team to be playing for Texas, who are also a six-win team with one road win by seven at Kansas State. Look, I'm aware that the Kansas defense is suspect at best, but they're number seven in both yards per rush and yards per pass on offense in the nation. So, the back door, if need be, will never be closed. Texas can stop the run, but the Longhorn defense is what they've always been, pathetic at stopping the pass. In fact, they're 109th in opponent's completion percentage and simply have to come into this game a little deflated and missing a big chance last week. And I mean, talk about Jayhawk motivation. They've beaten Texas three times, ever. And two of those wins were before World War II. I will gladly take the nine points with the Kansas Jayhawks. Then let's look at Tennessee is at South Carolina. Not a lot to see here. Tennessee should take care of business. Tennessee is one of the teams that's got to kind of take care of business and hope and for hope a for, little bit of chaos. Hope for some chaos. But not a lot. I don't not think too much. need a lot. I, as long as Georgia wins and, and we have the Ohio State-Michigan winner, a TCU loss, a USC loss, like yeah. it doesn't take a lot. A Clemson loss. It doesn't take a lot for Tennessee to get in. Speaking of Clemson, Miami is at Clemson. Uh, the ACC is in the worst shape of the Power Five conferences to get a team in. Yeah. Um, Clemson has not looked good this year. North Carolina doesn't seem to be overly respected. No. Well, here's something that it's important to acknowledge. We are here at the, at this point of the college football playoff rankings, this incarnation at week 12 of the college football season. No team has been ranked outside the top 10 at this point and made the college football playoff. Yeah. The lowest team at this point in the rankings was Michigan State in 2015 and Oklahoma in 2019. Both of those teams were ranked ninth. So right now you look at anybody below 10 and you almost have to say, no chance. And that does mean a one-loss North Carolina team. Now, here's the one thing I would say for North Carolina that works in their favor. They have their ch- they have the chance in the next I guess they're ne- they've got four games left assuming they make the ACC Championship game. In those four games, they would be able to have three of their big their, th- their three biggest wins of the season because they could beat North Carolina State and they could beat Clemson twice. And to to date, no, that Clemson game is the ACC Championship game. Oh, yeah, they don't have to play Clemson regular season. You're right. Mm-hmm. So in the next three weeks, they'd have their two biggest games. Yeah. Right now, their best win is what? At Wake Forest? Last week? Is that their best win? I yeah. think it is. I mean, it, there's not a lot of quality wins. Well, it's interesting. You can't like, feel bad for North Carolina if they don't get it because with this schedule, you should have to go undefeated. I, yeah, I mean, because they needed the win over Notre Dame. Yeah. And had they beat Notre Dame, we'd be talking about them just like TCU. Yeah. Win the rest of your games mm-hmm. and you're in. Mm-hmm. But they they did not do that. So thus, we are not talking about them like that. Uh, Illinois is at Michigan. Illinois is a good team, um, which is more than you could say for a lot of the teams that, that Michigan has played this year. But. We expect Michigan to take care of business. Ohio State should take care of Maryland, and those two teams it's will it. play next week. And, and there's a look-ahead spot for both of them, so yep. got to be a little careful. And then Georgia is at Kentucky. Um, not a lot to see here. Although, if Georgia were to lose, suddenly that opens up the idea that 
you know, there's only one team from the SEC that gets in or that suddenly, you know, Tennessee, the doors open for them, not not to win the SEC championship. But to- yeah, if Georgia loses a game, that's it. Like that's it's it's. It, the winner it, of the SEC championship gets in. Yeah, well, that loss could be, but unless no, unless that Georgia loss is in the SEC championship game. Oh, and you're saying in anyway? You're saying if Georgia loses to Kentucky or Georgia Tech? Yes. No, no. If Georgia loses to LSU in the SEC championship game, they're still in. Georgia and LSU are both in the college football. Play. I still think LSU is a question mark, but not going to happen. I, I understand what become, you're saying. They would become the first two loss team to get into the playoff. So outside of that, I don't know that there's anyone. I think we can stop discussing. Well, I, I guess we should mention uh, LSU playing against UAB this weekend. Mm-hmm. A big, big, big game. And let's uh, acknowledge uh, we have uh, UCF right now, who is the highest-ranked Group of Five program. Yep. But Tulane is number 21. Cincinnati's number 25. The winner of the American Athletic Conference will be that highest-ranked Group of Five champion because there is no other program that is receiving votes that is going to be able to capture that highest-ranked Group of Five champion spot. Uh, Notre Dame is in a very interesting position at number 18. They have two games left, Boston College and USC. They're going to beat Boston College. Mm -hmm. With a win over USC, does Notre Dame carry enough weight to get them into the top 12 from 18 to 12 in two weeks. Can they I, get there? No. And here's why Notre Dame has two bad losses. They lost to Marshall and they lost to Stanford, which in hindsight is unforgivable. Uh, you just can't have losses like that and, and still, still go on. So I'm going to say no, Loss wins over, and they've got some good wins. North Carolina's a good win. Uh, Clemson's a good win. USC would be a good win at USC, but it's not enough to make up for a three-loss team with two of the two of those losses just being inexcusable losses. Yeah, because that would be Notre Dame's opportunity to get into a New Year's Six. Yeah. Is they'd have to be ranked high enough, and I guess at number eighteen, and not being able to climb up. If you don't think they can climb up to twelve, then Notre Dame will not be in a New Year's Six game. All right, enough about that. Let's get into our card for this weekend. Where do we the find over, the value? The, the contest is over. But we're still picking four games each yep. in a total. We finished two games over 500 for the season. Not where we wanted to finish. Uh, Fezzik actually was an investor in a, uh, a team that, what, they finished top five in the contest? I think so. Or There was... Uh, a lot of ties yeah. at the top, so they were amongst uh, one of the group that finished, I think, tied for either third or fourth. Yeah, yeah. so some congrats to Fez. Uh, but we will continue to grind, and let's start uh, Let's start with one of yours. Let's start with what's your, uh, what's your play this week. Where are you headed? Uh, I'm going to go with undefeated TCU, laying two and a half here, and uh, it's the same kind of idea that I had last week when I took the points with TCU at Texas. Why do they still get no respect? And what did Baylor do last week that shows you they should be less than a touchdown, less than a field goal underdog at home? Last week, Baylor was at home against Kansas State and got blown out 31-3. They allowed backup quarterback 
Will Howard to throw for 196 yards and three well, touchdowns. Well, by the way, Will Howard's better than Adrian Martinez. So. Sure, sure, he's a better passer. <laughs> yeah. But he's not the starter. So no. he comes in and, and they call him a super sub or whatever. He threw for three touchdowns. What do you think Max Duggan's going to do yeah. against this defense? What does TCU have to do to earn respect? And let's just call it what it is with Baylor. And this is going to be a theme a lot on this podcast. The six wins to get to bowl eligibility. They already have. They made it. They got a bowl game already. It yeah. might be time to uh, see what you have if you're Dave Aranda looking forward at your roster that is, you know, not going to do anything big this year. This is, it feels like this is the last big test for TCU. I mean, they will play a conference championship game, uh, but Iowa State's, if not the if not the worst team, they're certainly one of the worst teams in the Big 12. That's who they get for their finale at home. But at Baylor... I can and also, see. Baylor's a dead team because by losing to Kansas State, that's it. They can't get to the Big 12 championship. No, yeah, they're out. There was a chance. If Baylor would have won last week, their only conference law, or they would have two law, they would have two conference losses, right? West Virginia, which is a crazy loss, but Oklahoma State. The problem with the Oklahoma State loss is that Oklahoma State is also in right their tiebreaker mix. With their tiebreaker mix. Now that they lost to Kansas State last week. They can't – it's not like they can root for a Kansas State no. loss and then they win out and both teams have three losses and they get to the championship game. No, they would need Kansas State to lose their final two games of the year to drop down to four losses, but they would also need Oklahoma State to get to five, to get to five losses, not four. You know, it's like it's, it's too much for Baylor to ask for. They're a dead team. TCU's going to roll over them just like Kansas State did last week, and the Big 12 keeps their playoff hopes alive. I I can't disagree with you. If you'd asked me this before the Texas game, I would have said this is you're you're being suckered in. Uh, but I I thought Texas was going to win that game last weekend, and you said I was, you said I was suckered in last weekend. When I, I did took the points with TCU. So I'm I'm not saying it this week. Uh, I don't disagree with you here. All right, for my first pick. I'm going to go to the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana who are catching 24 points against Florida State. Now, this is interesting because earlier this week on Straight Out of Vegas AM, you were singing the praises of the Florida State Seminoles. Listen, here's what I'm saying about Florida State. From a power rating standpoint, and by the way, you cannot get to 24 for Florida State over Louisiana and my power ratings. You just can't. The the best you can do with home field is go, okay, maybe 20, mm. 20 and a half. You're not getting to a full 21, much less 24. I think that f- maybe Florida State's power ratings are in the market are higher than mine are even, which is surprising <laughs> to me. Uh, but this is a team that's off three dominant wins, and I think everyone is seeing that and going, oh, man, heads are rolling. But let's remember – one of those wins was against Georgia Tech, who is dog shit. Let's just put put it nicely. One was against Miami, who's like the corpse of Miami at this point. And then you can say the same thing about Syracuse last week. What Syracuse is dead now. Like they, they're just nothing like they were early in the season when Syracuse was competitive. Uh, this is a, a team. Before that, they'd lost three in a row. They'd lost to Wake, North Carolina State, and Clemson. So this has been kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. But here's the deal. Louisiana's probably the best secondary Florida State seen in a month since Clemson. So it's a real test for Jordan Travis, 
who's looked great against recent competition, but it's bad competition. Louisiana has the seventh best coverage grade per PFF in the country. Also pretty stout against the run. So I think points are tough to come by for Florida State. Now, tough. they'll be tough to come by for Louisiana. It has been all season. Not a great offense. Yeah. Well, this is the question you have to ask yourself. The total in this game is 52. Mm-hmm. If we're just going to go based off the total, can Louisiana get you 14 points? I think they can. Because that's all they need. Yeah. According to yeah, the projected yeah. total. Of this if you game. do the math like that. If you do the math, that would be a 38-14 win for Florida State. Yep. And that's a 24 push to get to that total. So here's the deal. Louisiana's one win from bowl eligibility. Yeah. They're going to fight. They're not rolling over and saying, well, it's, this isn't like they're playing Georgia. Mm-hmm. This is a game that they, they probably think we got a chance to compete here. Florida State has a rivalry game against Florida on deck. Mm-hmm. To me, all signs point to this being just a bad line on the Knolls. Like I said, I, I can get to 20 with this, but 24 is just crazy to me. Uh, I, I think I like that as well. All right, where are we going for your second play? I told you bowl eligibility is going to be a big thing for me in this podcast and in this week and in next week in college football. I'm going to lay the 10 points with the Michigan State Spartans at home against Indiana looking for that sixth win to get bowl eligible. Next week's game at Penn State, they're going to be a sizable underdog. This is their chance to get that sixth win and call this season a mild success. Indiana just can't stop anybody defensively. They rank 120th in the country in scoring defense, 34.6 points per game. Michigan State won two straight games. They're playing with confidence. Last week against Rutgers, they should have covered that big spread, but the Scarlet Knights threw a late touchdown on a fourth down, which actually got the backup, uh, the, the backdoor cover. But in that game, Peyton Thorne, Threw for 256 yards and two scores against a Rutgers defense that is better than Indiana's defense. So if he was able to do that against Greg Schiano's unit, I, I got to imagine he's throwing for close to 300 yards here, unless Michigan State just runs all over them. But that's the thing. Indiana can't stop anybody. I mentioned how poor they are defensively. And Michigan State playing with motivation, playing with confidence, winning two straight, final home game, senior day, all that stuff, get to that sixth win. I think this is a, a runaway win for the Spartans. My only problem with this is Michigan State's not running away from anybody. Like, they, they are not a team that's done a good job of getting margin. And you mentioned Rutgers. Even well, they, they should have covered that, except they got backdoored. Rutgers, the worst team. In, well, Indiana's probably the worst team in the Big Ten. Uh, well, at least in the Big Ten East. Rutgers is right there, mm-hmm. though. Uh, before that, nice win against Illinois. Couldn't co- couldn't cover. A, couldn't get like margin. This was, it, this was a 27-14 game last week. Rutgers scored on a fourth down with 47 seconds yeah. left in the game. It, it, this is just it's. It feels like Michigan. I wish Michigan State was more trustworthy on offense. I agree. Indiana's dreadful, mm-hmm. and I think they're dead, dead, dead. And I do believe Michigan. This is a game that I looked at honestly, but I just couldn't get myself to pull the trigger. There's no way I'd play Indiana. I just couldn't pull the trigger because Michigan State. The last time that they were able to get double digit margin, week two against Akron. Well, no. What did they beat Illinois by? Twenty three fifteen. Okay. Twenty three fifty, and they beat Wisconsin thirty four twenty eight. And by the way, Wisconsin's not good. This is probably, but I think this, this is probably going to be like a twenty six to ten type game. Okay. Like Indiana. Well, that get the job done. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going. Michigan State's not scoring forty, but 
Indiana's defense is so bad that Michigan State's getting four t- three, four touchdowns in this game. I think they, if they get 28 points, they're covering easily. Let's stick to um, betting on uncomfortable teams. And I'm my next play is going to make a lot of people sick. And Can it I should. guess it? Sure. Uh, I'm going to guess you went with – oof. Did you go Nebraska? No, corn's been good to you. Maybe that's not ugly. Did you go? I mean, anytime you bet on corn, it is. Yeah, that's true. Maybe you went Navy plus the 16 points. I couldn't get a 17 or Navy would have been on my card. I went went further into the dumpster, Scott. Like I'm digging through the sludge at the bottom of the dumpster. (laughs) All right. The UMass Minutemen. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. The don't one it. and nine <laughs> UMass Minutemen plus 33 and a half points wow. against Texas A&M. And listen, this is a bad, bad, bad team. I'm not trying to say they aren't, but they're fighting. They're one and nine, been long removed from any bowl conversation. But their last three games, they've lost by an average of under 10 points per game. They're still hanging around in these games. Now they get an Aggie team. RJ talks about this a lot, the dream crusher. The Dream Crushers hit Aggie. This is a – think about this. I'm going to read you a list of teams that had shorter national title odds than Texas A&M coming into this season. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, USC. That's the list. Texas A&M was 25-1 to 1 <laughs> to win the national title. They have lost six straight games. They are 3-7. and seven. They are not bowl eligible. I, they've been talking. There's been talk about the team quitting on Jimbo for weeks now. Yeah. Are you going to get a focused effort from the Aggies against a non-conference scrub Mm-mm. with LSU on deck? Mm-mm. After you've just been eliminated from bowl contention, I can't imagine it. The Aggies haven't scored more than 28 points against an FBS school this year. <laughs> they have not scored. More than 33 and a half points all season. So they, they've got to cover 33 and a half. The 31's the biggest total they've put up all year. Okay. How? This is the 98th team in the country in total offense, 108th in the country in scoring offense. They haven't won a game by this margin all year. They don't seem particularly motivated. UMass's best route to offensive success is going to be running the ball with Ellis Merriweather. A&M's been bad against the run all year. So with a shortened game, 33 and a half points. Yeah, it's I just, just, you can't get there with A&M. You can't get much uglier than UMass, though. You cannot. It's, I'm, it, they might not score. You can't get much They might not that. score, but I, I'm taking it anyway. All right, I'm going to go to the SEC, and I'm going to take a small dog here. In Not 33 and a half? Not 33 and a half. I, Do you even <laughs> SEC, bro? I'm going to go with Arkansas. Catching two and a half points here against Ole Miss. Well, you know, let's give credit where credit's due. Ole Miss played their asses off last week. They did. They came up short. And uh, Arkansas did the same. And they came up short as well. But the Razorbacks, in all likelihood, get K.J. Jefferson back this week. Sam Pittman said, we expect him to play. And he's going to play. He has to. So it's senior day. It's almost unbelievable what they did against against LSU without him. Yeah, it's Senior Day. It's their last home game. It's a ranked opponent in their building, and guess what? 
They need one more win to get to bowl eligibility. Yep. This is the theme, folks. This is the theme. Uh, I like stepping on teams when they're down. You step on their throat. You make sure they're dead. Ole Miss is dead. Uh, the loss against Alabama removed any hope that they had of a, a chance to get to the SEC championship game. It also removes them from even the uh, the, the the second or third bowl game for that conference. You know, so now it's like, what are you playing for? Uh, it's not much. So I think uh, Lane Kiffin might, you know, give some other guys some playing time again. Start to look ahead to next year. And I expect Arkansas at home to not just cover two and a half, but win this game outright. Yeah, I'm not going to argue it. I, I think they're just a different offense with KJ Jefferson. I agree. You go look at the numbers that he puts up. What do you have? 17 touchdowns, three interceptions this season. It's a much different team with KJ Jefferson. All right, I'm going to stick with the dog theme here. I'll, I'll have a favorite at the end, just a, a heads up. But Oklahoma State plus seven and a half at Oklahoma. It's Bedlam, and Oklahoma consistently dominates this series. They consistently got better players. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma so This is not an ideal for <laughs> ideal year for year one for Venables here in Norman. He's catching Oklahoma State with a banged-up Spencer Sanders, so that's why we're getting seven and a half, I'm guessing. Yeah. But after a couple minutes of seeing Gundy's kid play last week, Mm. Even Gundy was like, nope, Sanders, you're back in. Get out there. Get your good. Spencer Sanders says he's a full go this week. He would love. That makes all the difference. He would love to give the Cowboys their first back-to-back Bedlam win since 2002. And Oklahoma's limping into this game. They've lost two straight. One in six ATS in their last seven. And if you take a good look at the Sooners' schedule, here's what you'll find. The best win that they have this season is Kansas with a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. That is the best win a team the that, Oklahoma Sooners have. A team that had a projected win total of two and a half this year. And the only reason why they've really defied all odds was because of how good their quarterback has played. Let, let me tell you, this is these are Oklahoma's wins this year. UTEP, Kent State. Mm. Nebraska, yeah. Kansas with a backup quarterback, Iowa State, the worst team in the Big 12. Yep. That's their five wins. This is not a good team. Anybody with a, a pulse lost to Kansas State, lost to TCU, lost to Texas, lost to Baylor, lost to West Virginia. I know it's only one year, but... It's a disaster. And I was very close to tweeting it out last week, and I held myself back. You know, I did the whole Herm Edwards, don't pre- don't press sand. <laughs> um, but Brent Venables might just be incredible defensive coordinator, not a head coach. It, yeah, it'll take some time to figure that out for sure. But here's what I know: if their jerseys didn't say Sooners on the front, yeah, you're right, they would not be seven and a half point favorites here. And much like the Aggies. This is a team that's just painfully worse than expectations, and it's not like it's an accident. There's enough sample size now for us to know they're just not very good. Oklahoma State already has wins outright as a dog against Texas and Baylor this season, both teams that are better than Oklahoma. And the Pokes still have a shot at the Big 12 title game. They'd love to get a crack at TCU again. They're the only team this season to play them within three points. The Oklahoma State probably feels like, you know, put that on a neutral site. Mm -hmm. We can win that game. Yeah. So Oklahoma State's got a lot to play for. They have a healthy quarterback. Give me, give me the pokes here, plus seven and a half. 
in Bedlam. I'm okay with it. Final game for me. Let's go to the Pac-12. USC. National championship picture still alive. Yep. Was it a look-ahead spot for UCLA last week? Yeah, it was. But it was also a look-ahead spot for USC. Yep. And USC handled their trash opponent, and the Bruins did not. Now the dream is crushed for UCLA. It's time to step on their throats and make sure they're dead. USC will clinch a spot in the Pac-12 title with a win. UCLA needs a win. Then they need an Oregon win. And it's sure they're going to get up for this game. I I understand that. But the USC offense is also rested because they sat out their starters at the end of that Colorado game. And they will just be too much for this team to handle. I, I honestly don't see how... UCLA, the way that they looked last week, and I know it's a week-to-week thing, right? Everybody looks different. I just don't see how they compete with how good this USC offense is clicking right now. Uh, I think the hopes of the conference are, are falling upon USC's shoulders, and they, they keep it extended for another week. So here is the question that I have about USC, and I, I, I looked at this game pretty closely as well, but how much does the injury impact USC's ability to run the football? Because let's, let's I don't know. Because if you saw um, my man run last week, the, the backup, yeah, uh, Austin he, Jones, he looked pretty good. Travis Dye has been one of the best backs in the country mm-hmm. this year. I, I can't imagine there's not some sort of drop off. Uh, but you're right, Austin Jones did look really good last week. Uh, it's just hard to replace a guy like Travis Dye in my mind. Uh, and then the other concern is, can USC stop the run? That's kind of been their problem all season long. You know UCLA is going to try to run the ball. I I believe they can stop it. I believe that they've got more to play for. Um, but I do. This is I think this is kind of one of those whoever gets the ball last kind of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm leaning your way though. I, I certainly wouldn't play the other side. I I, I lean to the Trojans here. All right, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna stay on the West Coast. And I'm going to go with a, a big favorite here. I'm going to go with, and this sucks because I've played this team two of the last three weeks. Okay. And it's cost me. Cost me my last man standing contest. Oh, no. Cost me last oh, week against no. UNLV. Jake Hayner. I'm back to Jake Hayner yeah. and the Fresno State Bulldogs. 22-point favorites at Nevada. Here's the deal. We all knew Nevada would be pretty bad this year. Yeah. They, they – have not disappointed. They've been as bad as advertised. They had those two shockingly good performances early on. Mm-hmm. They beat uh, New Mexico State. They beat Texas State. And it was like, well, maybe they don't suck as much as we thought. But then they lost to Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word. Then they let Iowa score 27 points on them. Iowa scored 27 <laughs> points in a game against this team. And now they've gone 0-6 in the Mountain West. They'd been showing some fight. They were within six of San Diego State at the half a couple weeks ago. San Diego State, a really good team. They lost on a field goal as time expired against Colorado State a couple weeks before that. And then two weeks ago, still fighting. They had six losses, still fighting, playing against San Jose State, maybe the best team in the conference. What are they doing? They're up 21-7 in the second half. They're feeling good. Mm Mm-hmm. They lose that game. San Jose State scores a go-ahead touchdown just over a minute left. The Wolfpack officially become ineligible for a bowl. 
How did they respond the next week now that they've got that seventh loss? Well, they played Boise and got absolutely boat raced 41-3, to their worst performance of the entire season. They have officially quit on the season. We've talked about teams that have motivation, yeah. who's playing for what. I, you, you have five wins right now. I see you're pushing. Once you get that seventh loss, oof, mm-hmm. it's hard to back you here. And if you look at Fresno's season-long rankings, they're in the 50s in most offensive metrics. But you have to remember, about half the season was without Jake Hayner, who is probably the best player in the Mountain West. Mm -hmm. Nevada's faced three top 60 offenses in the country this season. Those teams have combined to score 124 points against them. This is a bad defense. Fresno is right on offense with Hayner. I think they boat race this team. Now they need just one win and they'll clinch a spot in the championship, yes. right? So yeah, maybe they could motivation mm-hmm. versus non motivation feels like a good spot here. Uh where are you going for your total? Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> I was it. gonna say I shouldn't even ask. Every Houston game goes over, and so that's where we're gonna go. Houston playing against East Carolina. And uh, the total in this one's high. Everyone's catching on. Total 67 and a half. Starting to get taxed. But both these teams combined to average 68.8 points on offense. They both combined to allow 59.8 points per game on defense. And Houston loves to score. And they love to not tackle anybody on defense. So I think we're in for another classic American Athletic Conference shootout. I'm just going to keep going back to the well and just play every single Houston game to go over the total. Can't say that I blame you. Like you said, if it ain't broke, don't fit. Well, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Uh, Let's go. I'm going to go with an under, and this is another ugly under. Under 44. Ew. Air Force, Colorado State. But this is everything's here for a, a good under recipe. Air Force, the slowest team in the country. They average a play just over every 32 seconds. 32 seconds. Now, put them on the field with a Colorado State team that is in the discussion for worst offense in the country. (laughs) Uh, They are trying to install Jay Norvell's offense with a bunch of players that were running Steve Adazio's offense, and it has not worked. The passing offense that Norvell's been known for all these years – one of the worst in the country. The only way to beat Air Force is through the air. You're not going to run on them. And Colorado State cannot beat anyone through the air. Air Force is going to have plenty of success on the ground. But I think, like I said, 32 seconds per play. I mean, you're talking about there's going to be six, seven, eight-minute drives in this game. You know, this is a crawl. I think they just milk the clock the entire game. Air Force, Colorado State, under 44 points. Let's go for it. All right. Well, there you have it, friends. Uh, if you want all of our action, all of anyone's action, really, you can get it at pregame.com. And because you're a listener of this fine podcast and you rolled with us the entire season, 20% off. You know, what's, you know what we're going to give you. Mm-hmm. You know we give it to you, baby. Rank 20, R-A-N-K-2-0, 20% off any package at pregame.com. That could be a season-long package. I, may I recommend Scott's Hockey Package, which is absolutely on fire. It's fire on ice, they would say. Uh, thank you. Uh, McKenzie's NBA Package. McKenzie, who was like basically – 
maybe the best NBA handicapper in the world last year. Uh, jump on board with him this year. You can get my college hoops. You can get a weekender. If you're saying, I don't want to commit to the whole thing, get a seven-day all-access. Get a weekender all-access. These options are all available to you at pregame.com, and you can get it now for 20% off using that promo code RANK20. All right, next week we'll have some clarity. We'll be going into the final week of the season. Yeah. Oh, I cannot wait. There's going to be some good ones on board next week, baby. That Ohio State-Michigan game, I'm salivating already. Then we get ready for championship week. Yes, sir. Uh, But enjoy the football this weekend. May the odds be in your favor. We will talk to you next week. Swarm and tackle. Attack. We got to out-block them. We got to out-tackle them. We got to out-hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out-block them. You out-tackle them. You out-hit them. And you out-hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight! Leave no doubt tonight! No doubt!